Amen. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, thank you again for being here. Last week, some folks were asking about where they could drop an offering off. And I know that a lot of you come in Monday or Tuesday and drop that off at the office. So we have put an offering box out at the entrance tonight. And maybe uh, Pastor Paul will move that to the exit uh, before the end of the service so that folks, if you need a place to put it in. Now, just so you're aware, the rules are we're not supposed to take anything from your car or hand anything to you. And so we're trying to be careful just so that people driving by uh, they don't call the police on us, all right? So uh, if you could just take care of that yourself, we'd appreciate that so much, all right? I just want to share with you, we had a deacons meeting on Wednesday night, and uh, we made a couple important decisions, and one of them is this. You'll see at the back there, right about uh, just to my left a little bit, uh, Bob and Donna Simmons' truck back there, the blue Ford pickup, and we've, we voted on Wednesday night that that's going to be the new nursery all right, for driving services. So if you have children, you just drop them off at Bob and Donna's truck and they'll take care of them for the services from now on. All right, I know they would appreciate spending some time with your kids. Okay, so Luke chapter four tonight, let's look there. Luke chapter four. And uh, it's a lot cooler tonight than it was last week, but it's windier. So I'm trying to hold my Bible and my notes. And so if my, you see my notes fly away, Church is effectively over, okay? I, I don't know what to tell you, but that's what's going to happen. So uh, Luke chapter 4 tonight, we'll try to do this as best I can from my memory uh, so that we don't get bogged down with the notes. Luke chapter 4, we come to the passage where the Lord Jesus Christ is in the wilderness for 40 days, and there he is without food. You can imagine the pain that he was feeling, the suffering I don't know of anybody that has ever fasted for 40 days. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I do know of somebody that fasted for 40 days, but uh, it was not by choice. They, they, uh, they had a problem in their uh, physical body, and, and it caused them to have to go off food, and they went off food for 40 days, and they lost an incredible amount of weight. It was amazing to see what would happen and, and uh, eventually had to uh, get back on food, and it made them sick and all the rest. The pain that the Lord Jesus Christ must have been in, having fasted for these 40 days. And this is right at the beginning of his ministry. And the Bible says that in John chapter, uh, Luke chapter 4, we see this story appear in Luke chapter 4, in Matthew chapter 4. It is immediately following Christ's baptism. The Lord Jesus Christ was baptized by John the Baptist, and then the Bible says that the Spirit... In verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned to Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine." And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall hear, uh, he, uh, shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Let's have a word of prayer together. Our Heavenly Father, we believe tonight that not one thing was put in the Bible by accident. That there's a purpose in this story. That this is not just something that happened to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is something that can teach us as well. Lord, I pray that you would help us with your spirit to guide us tonight and to, to illuminate the word of God and to help us to understand some of the principles of the scripture here tonight. Father, I, I need your help, and so I ask for your filling. But Lord, I pray that you'd bless your word in spite of me. I pray that you'd speak to hearts and help us, Lord, to understand this old story with such prevalent truths that we could take home with us tonight. Father, we commit it all into your care and keeping. May the Spirit of God stir each one of us. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You will notice with me tonight, as I had already mentioned, that the Lord Jesus Christ has just been baptized by John the Baptist. The Bible says in verse 1 that he, being filled with the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If we can take anything from that, and I will elaborate more on that verse later on, but by way of introduction, we know that this time in the wilderness, this time of temptation, this time that would strengthen the Lord Jesus Christ was ordained of God. The Lord Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I understand uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ was holy and perfect and sinless his entire life. But the Bible says when he was baptized, he did it to fulfill all righteousness. The Lord Jesus Christ was righteous. To say otherwise would be blasphemy. But what he meant when he said he wanted to fulfill all righteousness was that he would be right with God and he'd be right with man that he would be an example to his fellow man. If it was a matter of obedience for all men to come and be baptized upon the profession of their faith in Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ himself would set the example, and then we must simply follow him in believer's baptism. So Jesus was baptized as a testimony of his future death, burial, and resurrection. Now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him. Do you know it's interesting to note this, friends? The Bible never talks about Jesus being filled with the Spirit before he was baptized. Now, if you can prove that to me and otherwise, as to why I believe he might have been filled, I won't argue the point. But we know that when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says a dove descended from heaven and rested upon him. And we know that the heavens opened and God said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. And I believe at that time, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. It didn't make him any more sinless. You can't be more sinless than having never sinned. 
It didn't make him more righteous, but it put him in a place of ministry under the very control of the Father. And the Bible says that Holy Spirit led him in to the wilderness for this time of temptation. Now, as we think about this tonight, I want to start with this. I want to start with the interpretation of the story. You know, I was, I was reading this passage this week, and I, I started in Matthew chapter 4, and I read the entire passage, and then I went to Luke chapter 4, and I read uh, Luke's account of this story, and I wanted to be sure that I got all the details, and so we will look at one thing back in Matthew 4, but Luke seems to have a little bit more detail and a couple things I'd never really considered before. And I hope that you'll consider them with me tonight, and perhaps you already are aware of them. But as we think about the interpretation of this story, notice first of all in verse 1 what the Bible says. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now let me say this. I, I've entitled this, we see a monumental demonstration. A monumental demonstration. I say monumental because this is huge. This is something that's very important for everyone here tonight to consider and to understand how important this is that the Lord Jesus Christ is demonstrating something to us right there in verse 1. And it is monumental in its scope. It's important that we pay attention right now and listen. The Lord Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Spirit, now listen, did Jesus ever sin? I'll take your silence for a no. We know that Jesus was righteous. He was holy. He was set apart from his mother's womb to be the Messiah of the world. He lived a perfect and spotless life. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And you could not be considered a lamb that was fit for sacrifice unless you were spotless before the great high priest. Jesus was spotless. He was perfect. He was holy. And the fact that he was just baptized, he said, I'm doing it to fulfill all righteousness. Now, let me say this. That perfect, spotless, sinless God in the flesh who was filled with the Holy Ghost and led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness still suffered temptation. Think about that with me tonight. We pray, Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we get down in that prayer, we say, deliver us from temptation. Deliver us. It doesn't say take a temptation out of our path or help us to avoid temptation altogether. Boy, I wish we could do that. I wish we could drive through town tonight and our eyes were never affected by sin. I wish that we could hear what we hear in, in the shops and stores of our community and never hear a curse word, never hear the Lord's name taken in vain, never hear wicked, immoral things in our, in, coming into our ears. But we know that that's not true. We live in a fallen, sinful world. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ lived in that very same world. And though he was perfect, sinless, and filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil still tempted him. Why do we think we're immune? Friends, I want to say to you tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ was far better equipped to fight that temptation than we are. So we must be sure to have on the armor of God. 
the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, our loins girt about with truth. We must be sure that we are ready for this battle because the devil, like a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may devour. And if he came after the perfect, spotless lamb of God, the one filled with the Holy Spirit, the one that was being led by the Spirit of God, you can be sure he'll come after you. It is a monumental demonstration. But I want you to notice in verse 2 a meaningful detail. This was something that I'd never seen before. When I think about the temptation of Jesus Christ, I think about Jesus in the desert for 40 days, fasting and praying, walking around perhaps from place to place and looking at the goodness of God, perhaps seeing different things in the night sky that would remind him of his heavenly father, spending much time in prayer, no doubt. Matthew chapter four says he wasn't just hungered, he was fasting. It was on purpose. It wasn't like he couldn't find food out there. He could have rained manna from heaven if he wanted to. But this was a purposeful event. He fasted so he could draw closer to his father and he could pray. And I often think about after those 40 days and after he was fully at his weakest and he was hungry and his body was decimated with pain, I think that's when the devil came to him. But notice what it says in verse 2. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. Jesus was tempted for all 40 days. Jesus, for 40 days, was under the attack of Satan. This was not just a brief appearance where the devil showed up and asked him three questions, tempted him in three different ways. But for 40 days, he was under constant attack of the devil. Can you imagine? I'll admit there's been times where I've, I've known the devil's attack, and you've known the devil's attack. But have we ever gone through such a thing as the Lord Jesus Christ has? The Bible says that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but he was rather tempted in all points like as we are. Jesus knows because he was under temptation. And I don't know if it was just these three things and the devil would constantly come and attack and attack and attack and attack and try to wear him down day by day. I don't know. Or perhaps he was tempted by hundreds of other things. The Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we are. And so perhaps there was many more, but the scriptures only record these three. And I believe it's because those are the three that Jesus shared later on with Matthew and Luke and probably the other disciples as well. And so there's some detail here that we need to pay attention to. Jesus was under great attack. And so the interpretation of the story is that there's a purpose in this. Here's a man filled with the Holy Ghost that the devil still attacked, and yet we understand it wasn't just a subtle one-time thing that happened at the end of 40 days, but every day for 40 days he was tempted of the devil. I want you to notice the second thing tonight. That's the interpretation of the story. Look at the intricacies of the story. The intricacies of the story. Once we interpret this scripture and understand literally, it becomes a lot more complicated, doesn't it? It's easy to read the story and find that the devil came three times in a 40-day period or perhaps at the end of his fasting. But we know now from verse 2 that that's not true. 
I believe after 40 days, the devil still came and perhaps reiterated his attacks three times. Well, for 40 days, he was under attack. And it complicates things. We understand uh, that the Lord, though the Lord was tempted for 40 days, he chose to share these three. Why did he choose just these three? Were there not others? We don't know. But we know this, that perhaps these three are representative of all the temptation that he faced. In other words, there was a three-pronged attack on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and that though he may have been tempted with different words and different types of things, they all fell into these three categories perhaps. And maybe, just maybe, that's why the Lord would use these three examples. And so let's look at those three attacks tonight, verses 2 to 4. We see, first of all, there was a challenge to his flesh. A challenge to his flesh. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I, 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 think, I don't think I'm doing the scripture disservice when I say this tonight. I kind of wonder, and this is just my imagination, but I wonder if the Lord wasn't hungry before the 40 days were over. The Bible says after he fasted, he was hungry, but he's been fasting for all 40 days. I'm going to guarantee you this, after one day, I'm going to be hungry. After two days, I'm going to be faint. After three days, I might die. I mean, food is important. And you all know that if we go for too long, you start getting woozy, you start, your sugar drops, and you start losing energy, and you get drowsy and faint. The Lord Jesus Christ was in a weakened position, and, and I, I wonder at times if, if Jesus was wandering through that wilderness and he came around a corner and there was Satan holding bread in his hand. I wonder if there wasn't an opportunity for Jesus to find meat in different places and nourishment for his body, and each time he turned away because he was fasting to God. But on this day, Satan said to him, now you're at your hungriest. It's been 40 days, you haven't eaten a thing. And he goes out of his way to note how hungry the Lord was. And he says, if thou be the Son of God, turn these stones and make them into bread. He challenged his flesh. You know, I think if we can mark that down as one of the categories of temptation, I think we would all do well to understand that the devil often attacks our flesh. He comes after our appetites. The Bible talks about loving not the world in 1 John chapter 2. And he says there's some things in the world that will lead you astray. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And no doubt the lust of the flesh will destroy us. That's why Paul so often said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He said, I die daily. I put to death the affections and the lusts of my flesh. There's a war going on between our spirit and our carnal bodies, our flesh. And so he challenges us and he tempts us in our flesh. But we must resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. 
So we see the Lord Jesus Christ was challenged in his flesh. And I want to tell you tonight, and I want to say by way of warning, every one of us will feel that temptation. Every one of us will get challenged in the flesh from time to time. But then we see a second challenge, a second temptation. Look at verse 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Here's the second temptation, the second challenge tonight. I believe the devil tempted him when he challenged his faithfulness. He challenged his faithfulness. Will Jesus be faithful to the Father? He said, well, Satan didn't have the power to offer him the kingdoms of this world. He absolutely did. You see, when mankind sinned and we fell into chaos, the devil became the prince and power of the air. The Bible says in the Revelations that later on, the kingdoms of this earth shall become the kingdoms of our God. Right now, we live in a fallen world and the devil is running around like he owns the place. Now, we are a remnant people. We are set apart by God because we're washed in the blood of the Lamb and we are a saved people and we are to, sow, uh, we are to be sowing in this earth like salt and light, a preservative. But make no doubt about it, the devil runs this place. This is the, the kingdom of the evil one. And one day we'll be caught up to it forever be with the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself will descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel. And then seven years later, he'll come and he'll battle the kingdoms of this earth and he'll defeat them once and for all. And he, the new Jerusalem will descend and he will rule and reign upon this earth. So Satan, when offering to Jesus the kingdoms of this earth, he was within his rights. But think about this. What he was saying to the Lord Jesus Christ is this. You can avoid the cross. You came down here to set up an earthly kingdom. You came down here to rule and to reign. I can make that happen right now. Your father's going to make you go to a cross. Your father's going to make you die. Your father's going to lay you in a tomb. Your father's going to make you suffer shame and to be spat upon. But all you have to do is bow down to me. And I'll give it all to you right now. Satan was happy to step back and let Jesus rule the earth. And he could be the only one above him. What he was tempting him was his faithfulness to God. Will Jesus be faithful to God no matter what? Facing the cross and facing the shame, facing the pain, facing the forsaking of the Father. Will he hold out and be faithful to God? And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And him, or sorry, uh, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only thou shalt, thou shalt thou serve. Jesus was faithful to God. You know, I think if we think about this tonight, that's the second temptation we often face. We're tempted in our flesh, but we're also tempted in our faithfulness. You see, it's when we get low, when we're hurting, Jesus here was physically challenged. His 
body had gone through 40 days without food. And the devil attacked. And do you know what it's like to be down? The devil likes to kick you while you're down. And he'll test your faithfulness to God. And over the years, I've seen so many turn away and say, what has God done for me? Is God real? Is God really there? Does God really care? Friends like Jesus, we need to stick to the word of God. Nobody else should we worship but him alone. And Jesus came through and won another challenge. Well, here's the third temptation in verse 9. So he was challenged in his flesh. He was challenged in his faithfulness. But look at verse 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. We've seen the devil came to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ and he challenged him in his flesh. He challenged him in his faithfulness. But now he challenges him in his faith. The Bible says that the angels will take charge over thee and lest I dash thy foot against the rock. Do you really believe that, Jesus? If you really believe the word of God, if you believe the promises of God, why don't you jump off this temple? Why don't you jump off this pinnacle right now and let the angels catch thee? Have you ever been challenged in your faith? You know, there's a lot of people today. I, I was with uh, Cody. We had to go do some business in Hamilton. And we drove by a church, a so-called church. It's a, it was a house. And the house, uh, praise the Lord, the house is falling into the ground. The house is not 30 years old. It was just built not, not even that long. I would say it was probably 20, 20 years ago it was built. And it was built for the purpose of a minister to live in there and uh, of a denominational church. And he lived in that house and he had a big open area that he'd have a church service in. And all he ever did was question the word of God. He was part of the Jesus Seminar group that would say, do we really believe that Jesus walked on the water? And do we really believe that Jesus fed the 5,000? And do we really believe that Jesus raised Lazarus from a tomb? And, and he would question the word of God. And he made the Hamilton Spectator. And he was very vocal on the radio because he said, I believe Jesus was a good man. And Jesus had some good principles and was a good teacher. But in no way was he God in the flesh. And, and these are all allegories about how we should live our life. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, was tempted with the same thing. He was told by the devil, do you really believe the word of God? Do you really believe that God has set his angels to charge over thee and that they will catch thee if you fall? But Jesus did not waver in his faith for one minute. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How foolish it would be for me to jump off this temple and tempt God to catch me. We ought to be very careful when we're dealing with the word of God. Friends, you can rely on it. You can trust it. It is true. So the temptations came as a challenge to his flesh, a challenge to his faithfulness, and a challenge to his faith. All of these temptations were meant to test his fortitude. Could he endure? Could he still go on with his ministry? Could he still go to the cross, would he still be faithful to his God? 
And Jesus passed with fine colors. Well, we've looked at the interpretation of the story and the intricacies of the story, but I want to give you one more thing, the importance of the story. You say, is the other stuff important? It's all important. But this is something that's really important to you. It's important to me, the importance of the story. You know, if we're going to be tempted like Christ was tempted, we have to overcome like Christ overcame. So here's an important point for you tonight that we just pulled from the Scripture. Scripture triumphs over the devil. Scripture triumphs over the devil. Notice what it says in verse 4. It is written. Verse 8. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Verse 12. It is is said. The Word of God has the victory. You know, we need to understand that we don't have power within ourselves save what the Holy Spirit is doing through us. But if we can quote scriptures, if we can get into the Word of God. Years ago, when I was in Bible college, I helped a fellow at a funeral home a couple times. And we went, we had to pick up bodies. And I remember going to Mount Vernon, Missouri, to a veteran's home, and we picked up a fellow there that had passed away. He was uh, in World War, I think he was in World War I. This was almost 30 years ago now. And uh, he was six foot, ten and a half inches tall. A very tall man. And we put him in the back of this, this kind of a cargo van that was made for this, for this task. And the wheels would pop up under the gurney, and there was a little post that would lock into the hole on the floor. Well, the problem is with this fellow, when we did that, we locked it into the hole on the floor. His feet still hung out the door. He was so tall, we couldn't close the doors on the back of the van. I said to the fellow, what are we going to do? He says, well, he says, I guess we can't lock him in. We'll just have to push him up further. And he says, if he rolls up to the front, you just stop him from coming up. And so every time we hit the brakes, this fellow rolled right up between us. Now there is, I I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but it's a bit of a funny story the nursing home where he died, had it was a veteran's nursing home, had pulled a sheet over his head and there was a hole in the sheet and his nose went right through that hole. And so every time he rolled up, I saw this big nose sitting right up beside me. So we just kind of pushed it back and I held the front of the gurney as best I could and it would roll up and back and forth. Well, it was about two in the morning and we were on our way back to Springfield. It was about a 45 minute drive. And I remember saying to the fellow who was with me, do you ever wonder what happened to their soul? I mean, literally, they just died an hour or two ago, and here we are picking them up. And I said, do you ever wonder what happened to their soul? He says, all the time. He says, doing this job, I've learned this. He says, I sit at the funeral home all night. And it was a large funeral home. So there were sometimes five and six bodies in the morgue at a time. And we would carry that stretcher in there. And he says, you know, I'm sitting there. He says, here's what I've learned. He says, the devil and his demons love death. They love hanging around it. And he says, it just gives you a chill up your spine because you just, you're in this building all alone and there's all these bodies and you know the devil loves it and, he, and his demons love death. And I said, so what do you do when you get fearful? What, what do you do when the devil starts working on you? 
He says, I just quote scripture about the blood. He says, I just start reading the Bible and quoting the blood out loud. And he says, boy, the devil hates the word. He says, I just say, for God so loved the world that he gave. He says, I say it right out loud. And he says, all those fears disappear. And he says, those demons, they, they hate that. You see, you can conquer the devil with scripture. When you're discouraged and you're depressed and you're laying in your bed at night and you can't sleep, I, I hope this will come to your mind. I need to quote some scripture. I need to say it out loud. I need to sing a song about the blood of Jesus Christ because it conquers the devil. The Bible says in James chapter four, submit yourself unto the God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So scripture triumphs over the devil. Here's the second thing when we're talking about the importance of this story. We are strengthened through opposing the devil. We are strengthened through opposing the devil. Let me show you what the scripture says in Luke. Luke chapter four, look back there, verse one again. I hope you bring your Bibles. Bring your Bibles when you come, all right? James chapter four, sorry, Luke chapter four, verse one. Look what it says. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, where he was baptized, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now look at verse 14, after the devil has finished tempting him, and Jesus returned in the what? Power of the Spirit. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. How much power would you have? You can ask my wife if I go, if I miss a meal, I don't have a lot of strength. I don't have a lot of power. I mean, the, the standing joke around here is that we got to feed Calvin. Make sure Calvin's fed. If you want to get work out of Calvin, just keep feeding him. And we, uh, Rob often says, is this your breakfast, your pre-breakfast, or your post-breakfast, or your pre-lunch? Because he's got about eight meals a day. But we know when he hasn't eaten. And you'll know when I haven't eaten. Jesus has gone for 40 days without eating, and the Bible says he's not just full of the Holy Ghost anymore, now he's got the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, when we oppose the devil, when we stand up in the armor of God, when we quote the scriptures and we are filled with the Spirit of God, all that does is strengthen us and gives us the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I show you one more thing? Look, if you will, in verse 13. Hey, it's so important to understand. You can't just lay down in this battle. God has given you his spirit for a reason. It's a sword, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's so that we can do battle with the devil. Because he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But look at verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Just for a season. He didn't leave. You say, why? Why don't we read? You know, in the Bible, you don't read again that Jesus got tempted again. But he did. The Bible says in verse 13, he only left him for a season. So why don't we read of it again? 
Because the next time the devil came along, I believe it was Jesus. It was just like a little fly. Jesus just swatted him away. Devil, we've already done this once. I was out in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and I, I fasted, I hadn't eaten, and I was weak, and you came to me then, and you couldn't beat me then. Now I'm at full strength. I'm in the power of the Spirit now. You're nothing. Get away from me. Oh, that we would have that same power. And you can if you'll resist the devil. The Bible says he will flee from you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common unto man. But listen to this. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that. Ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Listen to me tonight. We're almost done. If God in the flesh, filled with the Holy Spirit, was tempted, you will be too. But God says, I've made a way to escape. How do we escape? The same way Jesus did. Listen, is there ever been a time in your life where you can say, I think it's more important than right now that I know Scripture? I believe it's more important than right now that I have on the armor of God. Have, have some of you said, you know what, that the battle that I had in the 70s in my life or the 80s or the 90s or last decade is, was far more fervent than it is today. So I can lay my armor down. I don't need to know the Bible as much as I used to. Well, the Bible says just the opposite. This know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves. The Spirit, the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy as well, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days men shall depart from the faith and follow after seducing devils. That's temptation. How do we combat it? We combat it with the Word of God. But you must know it. Here's the thing. Whether the three temptations that were listed were literal or they were representative of all the types of temptations Christ felt over 40 days, or they were just a sample. One thing is true. All of them were defeated with the word of God. Isn't that something? Think about this. The devil and all the demons of hell are no match at all for that book you hold in your hand. Jesus will always have the victory, but we must know it and use it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that would say, I'm not sure I'm saved. You see, Jesus had the Holy Ghost. He was able to have great victory because he was indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And he came in the power of the Spirit. That only comes from knowing Christ as your Savior. From having a relationship with God through the Son. And then he indwells you with this Holy Spirit. And he can fill you if you'll surrender to him. If you're not saved tonight, we want to help you. We don't have an altar. We don't have a place to, for you to come. But I would encourage you, don't leave here tonight. Could I, let me encourage you to do this. If you need to be saved, just let everybody leave and you stay. 
I'll be the last one here. Pastor Paul will hang around. We'd be happy to take a Bible and show you what it means to have eternal life. Just let everybody leave quietly. But maybe there's some here tonight that have faced some of those battles. You know what? Our, our next generation is going to face some. They need your prayer. They need your encouragement. Oh, would you? Can you imagine running into the devil having never faced him before? That could be a scary thing for a young believer. Would you pray for one another? The devil's real. Listen, listen, don't say, don't say I believe in heaven and I believe in Christ and I believe in God. If you believe in all that, they come from the same Bible the devil comes from. That's where we learn of him. And if part of it's true, it's all true. He's a real entity that we battle. And he throws temptations in our path each and every day.